What's the Homework, Episode 11, The Rhythm of the Fab Four, with your hosts, Ed and Eric. Welcome to Episode 11. This week, Ed and Eric discuss bird law, Halloween, cheesesteaks, and the entire Beatles catalog, and both come away with a better opinion of the White Album. So, don't forget your black button down and harmon mute, you have jazz band practice for the black dog band after school, and the conductor said if you forget your crap this week, you're not going to have a solo this year. Class is about to begin. Three, two, one. Hi. Up there. Hey. Hey, Ed. How are you doing? Pretty good. You sound really nice. Oh, is it because of the microphone? Or I yeah. thought you were making fun of me for having a stuffy nose, which I feel like I've had for like... No, I think the stuffy nose plays well. I mean, people do like when I blow my nose during the episode. They like take a shot or something during that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try is to there... edit all those out, but you do it constantly. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just a gross, mucusy man. And I somehow think that, you and... do it while talking. So it's either no ed. Listen, I come from a long line of men who spit in public. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? I mean, do Russian dad... men spit? My dad definitely does it, and I remember my grandparents, grandpa's doing it too. I've also like, and this is not indicative of like, when I've been in like Flushing, which is like a uh, predominantly immigrant, predominantly Asian immigrant community. There's a lot mm-hmm. of spitting going on there, so maybe it's like an immigrant thing. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know me, I don't know why you're listening, but I am an immigrant, so I'm allowed to say these types of things. It's gonna be a Fox News segment tomorrow. Immigrants you... spitting all over America. <laughs> I, be, I guarantee you that's already been a Fox News segment. Like, why can't they go back to their oh, own I'm country? I'm sure Tucker has been all over it. That mother, that, we could swear now. Tucker Hawk's a big loogie, I bet. Dude, that guy, I bet he doesn't. He's a teetotaler. I bet he, like, <laughs> cowers in fear of anybody spitting. And he, like, gets his, like, little, like, pocket square out and holds it over his mouth. Screw that bitch. <sighs> mm. What are you drinking, buddy? Let's start quick. Um, New Belgium IPA Voodoo Ranger. Real good okay. cover. Do you really like these types of beers? You like them? They're tasty? Not this one. <laughs> but it was all that was in the fridge. I got it. I'm drinking a Corona Premier, which is like Corona, but less flavorful. Okay. Only 2.6 grams of carbs. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Well, my name is Ed, and uh, you're Eric, and every uh, week and a half or so, we do this podcast called What's the Homework, where we assign each other a random-ass homework assignment, then usually I get yelled at for not doing it, Mm -hmm. but we grade each other, and the losing grade has to donate money to charity. Uh, There might have been a punishment at one point involved, but we haven't. We haven't done any punishments. If you have any ideas for punishments, you can send that to our Twitter. What's our Twitter, Eric? Uh, I think it's at what's the HW pod. Yeah, what's the HW pod? I've heard on a lot of other podcasts, they also have like an email address. Oh. So (laughs) if you're listening, please don't steal (laughs) what's the HW at (laughs) gmail.com. Please don't do that. Because we will be forced to buy it from you. And we don't have any money. 
We don't take any ad sponsorships because we want just clean, generic audio. We are strictly paid for by George Soros. Like, Mm. that's all. (laughs) What? (laughs) Never mind. That's that's a rabbit hole that I don't feel like getting down. So we assign each other homework. We grade each other. We have regular segments like uh, Eric's Crunchy Corner. uh, Eric. No. What is it? Ed. Eric. Yes. Yeah, oh. Ed's sporty shorts, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we have uh, uh, Eric explains what a phrase means. Yep, that one uh, needs a little work. On we'll work name. on it. We'll get there. But I'll find a good phrase. No, I have a phrase for you. Are, are oh, you okay. ready? We'll, we'll start. We'll start yeah, yeah. strong. Oh, we're starting right? off with this. Okay. I I mean, we have the top category I had labeled as etc, which stands for etc. That's not the phrase. Mm. Eric, what do you? Do we have a song for what's that phrase mean? Nope. No song. Just go right into it. Okay. Eric, what does a bird in the hand is worth more than two in a bush? In the bush. Okay. I'm look up okay. exactly what that phrase means. Sure. That's how this works. <laughs> You're not just supposed to know it already. Oh, I know what it means. I, I just want to make sure that I have the exact language down. Right. Right. Um, I wish I was afforded that liberty. Uh, all right. <laughs> So okay. No, 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 no. So, 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 so the phrase fully is, "A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush." Have you heard this phrase before? I have heard this phrase. Okay. And what um, do you think it means? So I don't eat bird or trade in bird. <laughs> or no bird um, law. But I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I assume that a bird in the hand is one in which you now own that bird by bird law. Because it's yeah. in your hand. Right. Um, so you could trade that bird. You could eat that bird. Uh-huh. You could do things with that bird. Right. The two birds in the bush are by bird law. Free birds. Free birds. And, <laughs> and by Leonard Skinner law. <laughs> and thus can do everything that a free bird can do. Uh-huh. Um, so you don't have so, any ownership over the two in the bush. Yeah, so what is that phrase trying to, like, tell people? Like, what is its moral? So I think it's trying to say that you should be thankful for what you have. Good job. Thanks. I'm pr- that was one of the more successful. I really didn't think Oof. you'd know what that one meant. <laughs> we got to it. We really beat around the uh, bush that has two birds in it. The proverbial bird bush. Well, that took up less time than I thought you actually knew what that one meant. I'm proud of you. That was an easy one. Softball. So, I mean, you never know with you, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean that in the least offensive way possible. So, before we get to the homework, what uh, what else is new? I I, uh, I asked you a phrase. Anything interesting happening with you? Um, no. Just, uh, <laughs> just going day by day. <laughs> we won the election. Did you vote last week? I did. Good, good? Yep, not that it mattered. New York is pretty normal but uh so so in our we we, i I don't like to get too political because i'm very sensitive to the fact that i think i'm an idiot not an idiot politically i just don't know enough like i should be more Mm. informed and it's not that i whatever i'm not gonna pat myself on the back and say that i know anything but anyway how would we grade this election on our scale and let's just remind the listeners the scale goes from at the top being yes and a half, and at the bottom being negative no and a half. It's a solid yes. It's a solid yes? Yeah. Look, it's been a rough two years. 
I think we got to take the wins when they come. And Democrats went into the election hoping to take over the House. And they came out of the election with control of the House. Yeah. I that's don't don't make it more complicated. Don't get into the nitty gritty. We'll see what happens in Florida. Where else? Where else? It was Florida and Georgia. I think it was Georgia. Whatever. Anyway, speaking of that Florida thing, like once again, I'm trying to be understanding of the other side. Like, is this voter suppression stuff where people are like, there's so much voter fraud going on? That's just like straight racism, right? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. Yeah. I I just uh need uh need need clarification on that cuz like um, I think it's a lot of racism. I think uh especially in Georgia from what I've heard like the voter turnout was way beyond anything they normally expected at midterm elections and the places in which they did not have enough voting machines which led to a lot of long lines which meant that people ended up leaving those lines because they had to go to work or pick up their kids or whatever, uh, were in areas of minority um, predominance. So, Dude, even in the USSR, they had off for work on election day. And those elections were like fake elections. Like at least they yeah. gave people off. Like America's pretty backwards. At least like in those like small like... You know how we've said on previous episodes that my, my parents can be pretty conservative, but, like, when you break it down to them, like, those, like, subtle facts, like, of not necessarily overt racism or at the very least classism, mm-hmm. like, explaining, like, it's weird that we don't have off. It's weird that, like, we don't provide, like, free transport to polling places. And I know some areas are doing it, but mm-hmm. I think something this election, like, really re-emphasized to me if if the presidential election wasn't a big marker of this like i am in such a bubble i mean i live in new york and like i think for some people in uh more conservative areas like new york is basically could be china for all they know sure so like i think i'm really sheltered by like from like the amount of people that actually support the people that i think are like goblins and trolls like i just i I don't know anybody who looks at ted cruz and is like that's my guy He's also ugly. <laughs> All right. Like my father. <laughs> All right. Our politics talk is over. <laughs> and Beto is handsome. So, also, he doesn't even look like a guy from Texas. Like, if somebody just showed me Ted Cruz's picture, I'd guess that he's from some sort of planet of lizard people. But more so, I would think that he's from somewhere. Like, where's his hat? <laughs> Did you see the breakdown from New York Times that showed that more people born and raised in Texas voted for Beto than people that moved to Texas? I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, that's pretty interesting. I, th- I think that uh, at least from people I know, like a lot of young professionals are moving to Texas. So if young professionals are moving there, there must be old professionals that are creating business there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, they don't have an income tax, which I think just draws... It draws athletes, and it draws really rich people. Did I say that with the vitriol dripping? Yeah, it seems like you have some opinion about I mean, rich people. Maybe. I just, once again, we should have a king, and there should be no money, 
and the king will decide. No, that's I, I do think we should have a king, but or a queen, but money should exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> what would our king and queen do? What would it, what do you mean? What would they do? They do it. They they would charge. They would do politics. They would run they would, everything. They would be. Or it in would charge. be like Britain. No, they would be in charge, and it would be like when people are like, "We don't want to do X, Y, Z." Now, this is a benevolent king. Okay. Most likely from, I mean, in an ideal world, it's going to be me. So it's just going to be like, no, like you that you don't get those Supreme Court justices. Like I'll decide who they are. Okay. Yeah. What would your jester do for you when they came to entertain you? Oh, there wouldn't be a jester. I'm. Oh. As a, as a self-proclaimed funny person, I don't like other people being funny around oh. me. It's enough of that. So you would have a jester come in and they would have to watch you do something. <laughs> I also don't like attention. I don't like... I like attention. You're a very I'm, I'm doing, pampered king. I mean, the king, the king is pampered. And I would... Whatever. Attention, kings, that's all superfluous. Speaking of kings... One of the mm-hmm. most uh, well-known institutions in Philadelphia is Pat's King of Steaks. Wow. I do. One of my well best transitions. Well done. I'm really good. But anyway, uh, Eric, uh, the homework was to go have a cheesesteak in Philadelphia because Eric and I were hanging out uh, last week. Was that last yeah. week? Yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Was that the first time? No, that's not true. What? We've seen each other since we started. Since we started the podcast. Uh, September? Would I have seen you any time in September? Did I see you for Arbor Day? I don't remember. Who cares? So we saw each other. (laughs) Eric, we we saw each other for a Halloween party. Eric, I'm going to need you to talk and say what you wore to the Halloween party because I really need to blow my nose. Okay. You talk. talk. I appreciate you not talking while blowing your nose. Um, alright. So Sydney and I went to this Halloween party, which is Hosted by Ed's cousin, cousin, Roman. I'm back, yeah. Cousin Roman. Cousin. <laughs> which always makes me think of Grand Theft Auto. Not that you played it. Did you play Grand Theft Auto 3? No, I think 4. I it was 4. Yeah, did you play 4? I did. That was the one I played. Oh. Uh, now you're a gamer girl. You like to game. So what, what were you saying about the, the party while I was blowing my nose? Oh, I was saying that your cousin hosts it. Yeah. And Roman had the a last good time we were there was right before the presidential election. <laughs> so apparently we just host it during election years. Um, so we so I think Roman has a annual Halloween party. And I think we were invited last time. But something happened that Katie and I like missed the bus. And then we were just like, fuck it. We'll just stay at home. Which was really, dude. Nice. I think somebody's made this joke before. But nothing feels better than canceling plans. It's, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's a really good feeling. Yeah. I, I haven't used the... When you say you... I don't use the family emergency line, but that's like the ace in the hole. Yeah, I guess. I've never used it. I would feel bad. I think I used it once, like in high school, for my high school job. Like, I said that my grandma died. Just but she by? Yeah, but she was already dead. So, no harm, no foul. That's cool. I mean... Yeah, that's good. There's no bad luck if she's already dead. Also, if I'm a man of reason, there's no effect to that. But anyway, the homework was to eat a cheesesteak. We went to my... I'm not going to Wait, we didn't talk about what I wore. 
Oh, right, right, right. Well, what did you wear? Uh, so Sydney and I went as uh, Betty and Jughead from the comic strip and now the TV series Riverdale. I would say it was more from the TV series because, like, the comic strip characters are dressed like cartoons, and you and Sydney were just dressed sexy. Like, you guys yeah, yeah, just yeah. looked sexy. That's true. Were you, why don't you tell me what you were wearing? You were literally wearing jeans, boots, and a flannel. Yeah, I think I had jeans tucked into boots, and I had a flannel wrapped around my waist and a jean jacket. Dude, you looked, I, I mean, I don't know if it was the copious amounts of tequila that I was drinking. But you looked good. It was a look that you could rock. Thanks. What would you What would you say your style is? That was more hipster, hipster urban? It was like hipster punk. Oh, yeah. Your style recently is hipster loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like hipster nerd, right? Hipster prep? Yeah. Hipster prep. Yeah. It's hard to get the prep out. What? Just You just wear cardigans. <laughs> You're the only person I know that can, besides... The models online. I look so bad in a cardigan. It's not good yeah, for a, a, it's, a pool. Yeah. You have to it's be a, It's a thin person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My mom buys me so many cardigans. And, like, I just don't wear any of them. Because I look terrible. I, on the other hand, was a hip-hop... No, I'm sorry. I was a rhinoceros. And mm-hmm. my girlfriend was a hip-hop-opotamus. Which, which is basically from? Just meant, what? Which is from? Flight of the Concords. Mm. Yeah. I don't think people knew that it was from Flight of the Concords, so when I told them what it was, they were like more like, that's so funny. Anybody who knew it, they're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, Roman has... <laughs> the people that come to Roman's parties do sound like that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was a successful costume. I feel like I didn't see you guys that much. But then we the got cheesesteaks. Right, no, no, no. At the party, I didn't see you. I was overexcited. You you had a lot of balls in the air. I just, I feel very protective of Roman and Roman's parties. And like, I don't know. I'm like hypersensitive to like, what's going on? Where's the music? Because like, Roman's house is like two levels. And like, he does a bad job of bringing everyone out of the first floor, which is like the entrance slash kitchen. Yeah. And, like, it's just too crowded there. So, like, I, I don't know to... why he doesn't put the food upstairs. I mean, you ask a lot of good questions. That's that's a really, really interesting question. And then also, like, Roman's music taste is good, generally. <laughs> but sometimes it verges on the 2010, would you say? Okay. Yeah. Like, you, like you're going to hear... What, what's this? You're going to hear Chainsmokers, for sure. What else are you going to hear? Something, something of that ilk. Yeah. And I am a control freak, so I want to touch the music and put on the music that I want. I thought it was but pretty you play sus- great music. Thank you. I you know what? Even Katie told me, uh, you know, she'll be honest with me when I, when my music fails. She said that it was a it was a good combination of classics and pop popular hits. Nice. So, I'm the best. So, I'm going to give myself an A+ plus for the party. And then the next day we did the homework assignment. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Which was and so we went to get cheesesteaks. Ed and Katie came to our apartment, and they were wowed and amazed at the luxury luxury that we live in. Uh, I mean, in you do have the nicest apartment of anyone I know, <laughs> which is. <laughs> um, and then we drove uh, to what's the place called? 
John's Roast Pork. John's so, Roast Pork. John's Roast Pork is one of my favorite cheesesteak places, and I said that it was my favorite uh, on our way there. But uh, once again, not tipping my hand, uh, I'll let you know how. It, uh, so we both did the homework. We both get A pluses. So Charity yeah. gets nothing. Charity no gets charity. nothing. No Charity. We both had cheesesteaks. I have never been there. Um, I've seen it. It's literally, it's like a shack in a very run-down part of South Philly. It's right across the street from an IHOP, past train tracks, and next to literally a chemical plant that looks like it, like, makes pollution. But that's just, like, what they do there. They're just a pollution plant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think back in the day, it was probably a place where there were a lot of people who needed a sandwich at, you know, lunch break hour. Right. Because it used there. to be open only from like six in the morning until like two thirty, or like right. four or something really short. Um, so if you've never been to Philly and you want to go to John's Roast Pork, it needs to be its own thing because there's nothing <laughs> else there. That's, you know what? You're super, super, super right. So that's definitely going to be points off. John's Roast Pork is, I mean, Pat's and Gino's is kind of an inconvenient location as well. Pat's and Gino's are like the two. Uh, most there's it's walking the, distance from like South Street, is it? Pasadena yeah. is walking yeah. distance from South Street. I thought it was like yeah. close to the. Uh, well, if you got to the two good legs on you, <laughs> would you? I I actually like I thought those two are in weird locations. All the cheesesteak places are kind of like dotted throughout the city. That's why I've been petitioning Philadelphia for years to make a cheesesteak district <laughs> where it's just all the cheesesteak places <laughs> for me to sample. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love cheesesteaks, man. They're like I would I would honestly say they're probably one of my favorite foods. Probably favorite. What's what's your history of the with, with cheesesteaks? Um, I love a cheesesteak. Basically, the only time you should be eating cheese with, um, <laughs> and that's what you should have on the cheesesteak. It shouldn't. So right. which, this is, which is where we're going to get into our review. Yeah, a cheesesteak is a sloppy, messy, feels awful two hours later kind of meal. <laughs> yeah um it's a little soggy not too soggy but it's a little it pushes the limits of soggy bread right in my I would opinion agree with in you. a good way i would agree with you um i like the steak chopped up as opposed to like like thin strips i don't like Me the thin too. strip thing um and i like the onions on it i don't get anything yeah. else on it for sure and bun's gotta be crispy Right, I, I would agree with you. I feel like all so, I've been to all the big ones. I feel like they all have decent. Well, would you say they all have good buns? Mm, I think the buns on Pat's and Gina's are probably not great. Yeah, I there. This is like there are certain foods that don't travel well in the sense that like. If you go to a local pizza place, the fresh pizza is still going to be pretty good. I would say, Mm -hmm. as a whole, New York pizza is better. But, Mm -hmm. like, it's not... What I'm trying to say is I have not had a decent cheesesteak anywhere outside of Philadelphia. Like, literally not anywhere. I've had good chicken cheesesteaks, but I've not had a single good cheesesteak outside of Philadelphia. They just can't do it. Yeah, I I would agree. But, yeah, so... Uh, we went to John's Roast Pork. John's is a little different in the sense that it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. But also, they don't do cheese whiz. They do a sharp provolone. And they also do a sesame bun. 
Yes, which is good. I like the sesame bun. I like the sesame bun, too. And they're also known for their roast pork. So, peek behind the curtain. Shout out to Rob. Uh, we, uh, that place has been reviewed by, like, this sports radio station reviewed all the cheesesteaks. And they said that was the best. And I've seen it on list. Like, it's on lists of, like, the better cheesesteak in the city. Mm-hmm. But on every list that I saw, they're like, the cheesesteak is the best, but even better is their roast pork. So I got the roast pork, Katie got the cheesesteak, and we went half and half. And you and Sydney, to much controversy, <laughs> split one cheesesteak. Which, which Sydney didn't think I could eat a whole cheesesteak, and she was absolutely right. Okay, so we're getting right into the reviews. Mm-hmm. So... It is definitely a more filling cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. It's just more substantial in general. Yeah. Like, I've eaten at gyms, which I think has, now I'll tip the hand, has taken my favorite spot. Uh-huh. Uh, I could eat, like, three gyms cheesesteaks, I think. Yeah. But... Well, the, there's so much meat in the genre of pork. There's a lot of meat. Which it's is hard to complain about, meat. but, like... It, I you like the whiz, much. man. You, so I really realized that one of I would say it's fifty percent meat for me and like fifty percent cheese whiz. Like I really like that cheese whiz, and I even in my older age I've liked it even more. Yeah. So I, I really agree. did miss the cheese whiz. I thought it was really good. It's just I was craving something a little different. I think. Not yeah. Um, yeah, it's a hearty sandwich, and that's why I didn't finish it. And Sydney ended up being right on that front. Um, it was For good. Everyone who was I just like it was because Eric was a little girl. <laughs> it's not that. Nope, it's you're wrong. You're fault. wrong. It's because the sandwich was it's wrong. The sandwich's fault. <laughs> um, the wait was long, so like it's definitely like I've waited at a lot of like places for a cheesesteak. It was like a longer than normal wait. Right? Yeah, but listen, it's. You should definitely try it. I could see I could see why some people like it more. Would you agree? Yeah. But I just think the factors is it's not a classic cheesesteak by any means. Some people well, would argue right. some people would argue like some people you know what John Kerry got on his cheesesteak? He when he was like campaigning, he got Did a cheesesteak. No, he got a cheesesteak with Swiss cheese. <sighs> I know. No wonder he lost the election. <laughs> Maybe he was finding a use for Swiss cheese because we still haven't found it. The worst. I, Eric, you know, there's a re- we both love cheese. There's a reason we don't talk about it. Eric and I are in complete agree- agreement on everything re- regarding cheese. But yeah. It's literally holes in it. Like it's shouting, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. Don't eat me. <laughs> but like I would say that as cheesesteak cheeses go, number one should be whiz. But like the number two cheese is provolone. You'd agree. Yeah. So... John's does like a fancy provolone. Yeah. I like it on the cheesesteak, but I really wanted that whiz. So I guess I'll I just, I don't think I would ever recommend someone go to John's roast pork if they're I would in agree. the city and need a cheesesteak. I actually would agree with you. I remember, I've been to it a couple times and I remembered it being better every other time I went. Uh, so I have recommended it to people, but yeah, from now on, I would probably recommend what, what's your favorite place? So I would rec- we didn't go. I wanted to go. Sorry. Um, but we just didn't have time. We'll go next time. Um, Cleaver's, which is new. It opened like, I don't know, two years ago. It's like right near Rittenhouse Square. So it's like a nice area of the city, mm-hmm. which is good. 
um, and they have it's like a two floor place. Um, is it a, is really it a nice restaurant? inside. No, I mean they like bring you your food, which is a little bit different. Do they have most cheesesteak places? You like wait at the counter, right, and I grab it. Where's this place? I feel like that's a part of it. Um, and they have milkshakes there, Ooh. and I think they have beer and stuff. So it seems it seems like a fast casual. Maybe would you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one's good. And yours is Jim's. Yeah, I like Jim's. Jim's is right on South Street. Uh, my friend just went, and he had uh, my recommendations for Jim's would be you got to go extra cheese. Yeah, I mean, that I would just say that. But he also had the Philly taco. Have you heard of that? Oh, is that the cheesesteak and a pizza? Yeah, so across the street from Jim's is this, I forget what it's called. But their claim to fame is that they just make really big slices of pizza. So some degenerate, (laughs) some people would say a degenerate, some people would say visionary, uh, Mm -hmm. took a Jim's cheesesteak and then wrapped one of those giant slices of pizza around it. And they've been calling it the Philly taco. Dude, I really want to try that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd eat it. I'd eat it for sure. I mean, clearly you wouldn't finish it. You'd probably have, like, yeah. one bite, and then your stomach yeah, have would start a bite. to... Your stomach would start to grumble, and then you need to take a nap. Do you really think you need more than a bite of that, though? Oh, I need all the bites of that. <laughs> that sounds delicious to me. It does not sound excessive. It sounds like the next step in human evolution. Mm-hmm. So that was our weekend. We did the homework. Um, I think you gotta have fries with the cheesesteak. Which... We didn't get fries this time, which was my fault. I have been... On this anti-fry crusade, Katie loves wild. Katie loves fries, and I do too. But like, delivery French fries are always bad. Like you got to put in the order, you got to put extra crispy. <laughs> what I do it on every fry order. I know, I know you do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know why I didn't get French fries. I was feeling overwhelmed because I don't know Philly people at cheesesteak. <laughs> Like the workers are not mean, but they are definitely stressed out. Like, yeah, there are a lot of people, and they're like, they don't have the most sophisticated ordering system. It's literally just like one guy with the greasiest hair I've ever seen, like just yelling, like two steaks, and it's like, I don't know how they do it. They're professionals. I'm blown away. But yeah, it's amazing. That's why I forgot to get the fries. But you got to go with okay. the cheese fries. Definitely go with the cheese fries. I like cheese steaks, man. Now I want want one. I want one, too. Speaking of uh, foods and being hungry, Mm -hmm. here comes one of our longest running and most famous and most favorite and most crunchy segments, Mm -hmm. Eric's Crunchy Corner. All right. Munch, munch. What do you got? All right. We have a Ruffles chip, which is a solid chip. Um... And the flavor is mozzarella and marinara. Okay, so it has a picture of a mozzarella stick on it. Can I see? So, I'm going to guess that this tastes like tomato oregano chip. Okay, well, we're going to be really quiet and Eric's going to eat his chip. You're thinking about it. I'll let you eat more. While Eric's chewing, you know, guys, thanks again for listening. This is pretty much uh, uh, mm. one, of, one of my most favorite times of the week, the month, mm. being with you and 
talking into your ears. No, no, no. I don't know if you're actually listening or who's listening, but, uh, you know, thanks. And if you've been a long-time listener, give us a ring at our Twitter. Mm. Maybe we'll have, mm-hmm. like, a phone phone line to call. Maybe we'll do, like, a All right, let's get into it. All right, here we go. What do we got, Holmes? So... <laughs> you made some noises. They were positive. Have you ever had the Pizza Blast goldfish? Yes. I That's did. what that is. They taste it just like, tastes like Pizza Blast goldfish. They taste like oregano and tomato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like that flavor. It's fine. Ugh. But exactly. It's just fine. It's edible. It's food. Yeah. I just, I like pizza too much to like Pizza Pretenders. Maybe All that's right, why. Let's go. No, no, wait. Just wait. Maybe that's why. Like, I love cheddar cheese to a unhealthy level, mm-hmm. but I hate Cheez Its because they don't taste like cheddar cheese. So wrong. Okay, I know you like Cheez Its, but do they taste like any cheddar you, cheese? Do you, you ever... see the commercials? Do you see how they make it? Yeah, they talk to the big cheese and they put the big cheese in the cracker. Yeah. They basically take a big wheel of cheese and then they explode it into crackers. <laughs> I mean, during the commercial, the cheese is sentient. So is the implication that the cheese dies to become the cracker? Mm-hmm. Or does it outlive its life cycle and become the cracker? Like a butterfly or like, a, I don't know, something that leaves behind. Um, like I'm not sure. We have okay. to ask. Ask who? Uh, M- Mr. It. Mr. <laughs> First name cheese? Yeah. <laughs> All right, screw you. All right, so we always grade our crunchy corners based on three categories. Do you want to run the run the listeners through? Mm-hmm. All right, first category, is it a flavor that anyone asked for? Uh-huh. Um, second category, uh, did they achieve that flavor? And then third, is it good? Goodness. Goodness. Thank you. All right. And all, all of them are on the traditional yes and a half to negative no and a half scale. And the first one is always difficult because, you know, I don't like mozzarella sticks. So I certainly you don't like asked mozzarella sticks. Flavor. Whoa, whoa! Don't just zoom past that. You don't like mozzarella sticks. They're not good. Put some cheddar cheese in a mozzarella stick, and I'll be on it. Why are I mean, you using mozzarella? You don't like mozzarella. I want a cheddar cheese stick. I want some I mean, cheddar cheese. Listen, man, fried. You're, and you're, I'll you're dip pre- that in ranch. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir man i love cheddar it has been the source of many a stomach issue Uh, (laughs) i love me some sharp cheddar but it doesn't melt the best because it has so much fat in it so i don't think it would like be able to sustain a fry there's something good about like a cheesy pulley like mozzarella stick i think well now for me Okay, so you're going to say the flavor is, you're going to say, I mean, Pete. Well, so I'm asking you, is it a flavor that you would have asked for? Well, what's the flavor? What's it called exactly? mozzarella and marinara, but it has a picture of a mozzarella stick on it. I mean, I could see people wanting a mozzarella stick flavored chip. All right. So maybe a yes. We'll get, is, is yes? We'll give it a yes. Okay, not a coveted yes and a half. Yeah. Nothing, nothing has joined the... Has anything joined the four yeses club? Three yeses club? Uh, la- the with the one we did with Molly. 
Oh yeah, the um, the all dressed chips. All dressed chips was in the coveted. We'll, we'll call it the Golden Yes Club. Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, did they achieve the flavor? No, it tastes no. like pizza. So is this is this no or negative no and a half? So you you replicated a, the worst goldfish flavor. But so I would say negative no and okay. So we'll, we'll say so. Is it no or negative no and a half? Negative no. Wow, negative no and a half. And then the last category, uh, everyone's favorite, goodness. I mean, you ate it, so it can't be a negative yeah. no and a half. No, I I would say it's actually a uh, no and a half. No, I'm dude. First off, I good good thoughtfulness on on the number category, but you're using the scale. And that Thanks. makes me so I'm really happy. learning. You are learning. And, you know, I think some listeners didn't think that you would ever be able to learn, but you did. And I'm I proud may of forget. You. you might forget. That's fine. Yeah. I'm still proud of you. So, all in all, this is not, I mean, are you going to eat the whole bag? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Do you ever share the bag with Sydney? Does Sydney like your chipsies and stuff? Yeah. Like for for dinner today, we had Cheez-Its. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's just in a bowl, a yeah. bowl of water, Cheez-Its soup. Yep. Well, that was Eric's crunchy corner, and uh, we are going to oh, wait. Hold on. Speaking of Cheez-Its, uh, oh, speaking of Cheez-Its, my favorite Cheez-Its that they do make are the white cheddar Cheez-Its, and that's actually okay. true. You've had those, right? They're good. They're powdery. They're sticky. They're, They're messy. They are messy and powdery and sticky. But speaking of white cheddar Cheez-Its, recently the White Album was re-released. The 2018 mix of, I would say, on a lot of lists and amongst a lot of critics, the best Beatles album that ever came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not going to talk about what we thought about it yet, but I love the Beatles. I've loved the Beatles since it was like... My dad listened to Russian music, uh, Queen, and the Beatles. For Dude, some reason, so cool. He also had the Santana album, but I feel like every dad oh, had yeah. that. So the Santana album, Supernatural. Yeah. But yeah, so I listened to the Beatles since I was young. But my dad only had uh, Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper's on CD, and then Roman was also really into the Beatles. So when people started like burning CDs or just like stealing music off LimeWire. I think Roman like made me a bunch of Beatles music. And then that was like on heavy I think when iPods became a thing. Mm-hmm. That was like the first thing when I was like, oh, I can have all the Beatles ever. So I just put all the Beatles on my iPod. So I've been listening to them my whole life. I'm pretty sure Eric has the same story, but I'm not gonna step on his toes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, buddy. Um so my dad I my family is all very musical in some way or another. Uh, both my dad and my grandfather play trumpet, um, so they do like. You also and play trumpet. To... I played. Oh, I mean, I can on. play. But That's like, cool. I... Just say you play trumpet. All right, right. I can play. Can, I can tell you come from a family of trumpet snobs because <laughs> I bet if you said that, they'd be like, "He played trumpet. He no longer <laughs> plays trumpet." Yeah, but anyway. Um. So they are both fantastic musicians themselves, um, and they also listen to a lot of classical music. 
But uh, my dad Trumpet also... Trumpet is classical music? Yeah, I mean, no one like in my family jazz? is really into jazz. <laughs> well, all right. I don't jazz trumpet is very aggressive and loud and it's a it's a very di- like if you play trumpet i think it's the urban you, trumpet. you play in an orchestra or you play jazz trumpet like they're very they're opposite ends of this they're just very different talents and also like jazz trumpet is very like it's high range playing Whereas, i get it eric okay the the jazz trumpet. I feel like you're trying to rules. make it a race issue. And I'm not making race it a race issue. <laughs> it's just a more down and dirty trumpet for the working man. <laughs> the working man's trumpet. <laughs> whatever that means, you can put whatever connotations you want. But anyway, so your family likes music. Sure. Continue. All right. Anyway, my, but my dad likes um, a lot of rock music, and he's a big Beatles fan as well. Yeah. Um, so we listen to a lot of Beatles. That was one of the first things that you and I had in common. We talked about that we both liked the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very generic, like, woke college boy thing. It's like, the Beatles, man, so good. I feel like it's, do, do, do kids still listen? Not kids. Do college students and younger still listen to the Beatles? I think they do. I feel like it's pro- it's probably going to go out of interest for a little bit because it's, you know, like our generation and a little bit older who are now like a generation removed from the Beatles. So they're less interested in like showing their kids, you know, Beatles albums and listening to it with them. Oh, I feel so, I feel so, I I don't feel that way at all. Really? Yeah, dude. I feel like, and this is getting into it anymore. I feel like the Beatles are like the most accessible band. Like we're going to talk about it when we talk about the They literally just came on streaming music services like two years ago. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean access-wise, like as in just being able to get it. I meant more like literally some of the music they make are straight-up children's songs. Like songs for little kids that like Barney would sing. <laughs> like, and they have... Those are a... just the ones by Ringo. <laughs> Not necessarily. Like, we'll get... We'll talk about it then. But like... <laughs> They do like straight up children's songs. And I remember when I was younger, like I liked the rockin' rockin' stuff. And I liked the funny songs. They do like funny children's story songs. They were very funny. And as I got older, like some of the more like touching stuff uh, I liked. And now uh, I like even more different stuff. I, before, now we're going to get into talking about the album, but like you Mm -hmm. said... I told you from the beginning that this was one, which I thought this was an overrated album and one of my less favorite albums. Mm-hmm. But you said that you have a newfound appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. I re listened to it today, man. I totally agree with you, actually. It's a good album. It's a really good album. It is not a cohesive album, it's not my favorite album, mm-hmm. but it is really, really good. And it is definitely the most. I don't know. There are so so many things. It, like, you hear certain songs and you're like, oh, that sounds like XYZ from today. But then you have to mm-hmm. remind yourself, like, so few people were doing that at the time. Mm-hmm. And I know they had contemporaries that, like, stole from it a little bit, that they, like, took from. But, like, crazy influential, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I <laughs> wanted to... Let's go through real quick. Yeah. We're... We may come back to the Beatles in another future homework. Yeah. 
but this will be quick. Please yeah. please me. First album. Uh-huh. Any any emotions for you? I, I need to look at that. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look it up. Please please me. So I used to feel like I didn't really like early Beatles stuff because they're like a straight up boy band. Yes. Like in those old ones. but For the first like three albums. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say that too. Um, please, please me. There are some songs. You know, okay. dude, I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, this might just be you and I musically jerking each other off. But like, uh, <laughs> go back and re-listen to those, like, even the boy band stuff. Some of it's really good. Oh, it's awesome. But it's, I mean, it. It's it comes off stuff. a little bit cute. I would. I, I got you. Okay. So yeah, right. okay, with the Beatles, once again, I would same. say even less interesting. Yeah, I actually, I would agree with you. But they have like songs on it that like, like what's the what's what's the song? Um, Mr. Postman. Uh, Mr. Postman. Yeah, that's that's not the best one. Okay, um, keep going. All right. So then we have Hard Day's Night, which that's obviously was their first. That was their first major like movie, right? Right. A lot of famous songs on that one. Which is very funny. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. They're very I funny. I have seen it, actually. Um, and that has Hard Day's Night is a great song. Can't Buy Love, love is fantastic. And I love her. Uh, I don't want, I'm just going to sing. I'm such a good singer and I want to use this <laughs> microphone, but. <laughs> okay, uh, keep going. But it's very hit or miss. All right. right. So then uh, Beatles for Sale comes, which is not a good album. Um, it is... I don't agree with you. Really? When was the last time you listened to it? So I, I listened to all of them in the past week. Really? Yeah. You don't think, like, No Reply is a good song? There's just a lot of duds on this. What about I'll Follow the Sun? Eight days a week? But there, like, I listened to it in the last week, and there are some songs on here where I'm like, I, I, like, I don't remember the song Kansas City at all. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I get it. There are some duds. Okay, haters. Next. Um, anyway, so, but in context, that album was their third album in literally one year. Yeah. So they were exhausted. It was the middle of what was, like, termed Beatlemania, and they kind of just didn't really care. So I think it comes through in the album. Okay. All right, then help. Right. Which I would say is the first album we've reached where it may be someone's favorite. I would say, I don't think anyone is going to say any of those first four are their favorite. Yeah, I, yes, I understand. I agree. Um, and I would say Help, for me, is the cute boy band Beatles perfected. Right. And it also starts to show... So if anyone doesn't know sort of like the details of sort of the Beatles dynamics, um, John and Paul were two very different people. Paul right. was very sentimental um, and liked his slow songs. Yesterday, Off of Help being very like classic Paul McCartney. Right. Um, and John Lennon was very personal. He wanted to be political and edgy. He right. was the one who famously said we're bigger than Jesus. <laughs> True. Um he ends up dating Yoko Ono, who is a huge political figure right. um, at the time. And so they start clashing with the songs that they want to put on these albums. And oh, you're already getting to into that. And it appear a little bit in Hell. Right. Ooh, okay. 
That's interesting. I never saw it. I don't know. Like, I never thought that they were clashing. Maybe you just know more, like, about the actual story. I always explain to people when, like, I'm listening and trying to be a smart-ass douchebag. I'm like, mm-hmm. Paul likes songs about regular people and everyday life. <laughs> and he likes to tell stories. And he's, like, uh-huh. cute and loving. Like, if you hear a song where somebody's like, and the postman came to the door and then I put on my hat, <laughs> that's, like, Paul. Like, any, yeah. any, any song where there's, like, a weird ass name like Penny Lane or like yeah. I don't know Mean Mr. Mustard like Paul likes story songs John likes to sing about like you said like politics and like deep love and like mm-hmm. intensity so like yeah I would say they're different that way I didn't know that they started clashing so early or are you just guessing um, sure no they did. they did Interesting. No, they did it's reported that Help was the first time where like they started to write songs separately interesting okay for the um, sake of time next is rubber rubber soul. soul i would say the first great beatles album yes it is sydney's favorite oh wow uh and i would say at times it could be mine i think it's the first album where they get away from boy band stuff for sure right like, i the sitar comes in in track two with norwegian hate wood hate that sitar <laughs> like that song hate that sitar um, but yeah, so I've heard some people say that the this album is where the Beatles sound the most like the Beatles in the sense that they still okay. do a little of the boy band stuff, but they also like are very clearly like something a little deeper than mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? So like this is the transition album. Yes. Uh, and I think um, so also interestingly like all of the songs about women on this uh-huh. uh all of them like literally a complete 180 from help to this all of the women on this album work or are represented as intelligent women in some aspect like in all of them they go out of their way to say that this woman is like a working woman or she's smart and you don't like whatever. that is what you're saying <laughs> I think it was too early for its time. This was 1965. Most women right. weren't even working. Right. It was. They were really taking leaps. Interesting. Um, I th- this so I think album that's cool. makes me want to have a girlfriend named Michelle. Like that song is so so good. I love that song. Love that song. I mean, in my life, I think if I it's a song that if I hear it the right way, it will make me cry. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be played at my funeral. After like the twenty one guns, uh-huh. it's very good. Yeah. Um, All right. And I think yeah. just to add to it real quick, yeah. uh, so they put together this entire album in four weeks. They wrote seven songs in one week, and it was rushed out because they wanted to get it out for the uh, Christmas holiday season of nineteen. Of it came out in sixty five. Um, so they literally wrote the album between October 12th and November 12th. Right. So that blows I think my to mind, put man. together this album in four weeks is ridiculous. Crazy. Really good album. Definitely, I would say, yeah, def- I'm not going to do top whatever because I forget how many albums they have. But this mm-hmm. is, I would say, the first great Beatles album. I'd agree with you. Yeah. All right. Next is Revolver, which I think is probably, I don't know, I would say it's probably the most rated as like they're someone's favorite. Really? I don't have statistics for that. I'm so surprised to hear that. I don't have a statistic for that. That's just based on like asking friends and family. That's fine. I'll just list the songs with me. Taxman, Eleanor Rigby, I'm Only Sleeping, Love to You, Here They're Everywhere, Yellow Submarine, She Said She Said, Good Day Sunshine, and Your Birds Can Sing, For No One, Dr. Robert, I Want to Tell You, 
uh, gotta get you in my life tomorrow. I, I like uh, Rubber Soul more than this one. Okay. This one is edgier. Uh, right. I think it holds the. I think it holds the roots for like what punk became. Interesting. Um, it's like a, it's their first political album. Yeah, I would say. Um, <laughs> and some of the songs themselves are shorter, and they're not necessarily the same like Less standard. Pop. Yeah. Like mainstream, less mainstream pop, yeah. I guess, is what, you're, I, what I think you're trying to say. Okay. I really don't like the cover. Uh, yeah. Like, people okay. love that cover, and I just don't like it. It's just iconic, I think, at this point. Okay, the next right. one. So, this is either my favorite or my second favorite. Okay. Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, this was one of the two Beatles albums that my dad had. Mm-hmm. And I think this is... Easily their more most cohesive album. No, so it, yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. It's and also the it's credited as being like the first concept album. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that too. Which for what? What would you say concept album is? Um, so a concept album is where the entire piece together is cohesive, and yeah. I think it holds a story i don't want to say a story like i think kendrick lamar right now probably does the most concept albums right yeah i think it's like yeah i i haven't i listen to kendrick lamar i haven't listened to him through the same way like i listen to it less like song after song after song after song that's just me not being a good hip-hop listener but yeah, so this is probably one of my favorites. So many it's good songs, good. man. So many good songs. I think just like this album came out in 1967, and uh-huh. just the amount of like engineering that's on this thing is it's kind incredible. of wild for the right. time at which it came out. Right. Dude, um, I like, I'm like being such a geek, but like, I think I love, with the exception of, uh, Within you, without you, because I mm-hmm. fucking hate that sitar. <laughs> I like every single song on this. I'm going to read them. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Good. Banger. With a little help from my friends. Excellent. Banger. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Good. Like, Good. I, yeah. Uh, getting Better. Banger. Fixing a Hole. Good. I like it. It's good. Awesome. She's Leaving Home. Amazing. Amazing song. Yes. Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. That was the first funny. song when I was a little kid that I was like, I love this song. Because it's yeah. like a little spooky. So sometimes it makes... Oh, and the bits that are like straight from like a carnival. In right, it. dude. So, so funny. Then Within You Without You, done. When I'm 64, <laughs> I think is literally like one of the cutest songs ever. Oh, it's a classic Definitely, ball. Definitely going to... Yeah, because he's talking about, for God's sakes, he lists his grandchildren. Vera, <laughs> Chuck, and... Dale? Is it Dale or Dave? <laughs> Whatever. Then we have Lovely remember. Rita, another Paul song. Good morning, good yep. morning. Great song. Sergeant mm-hmm. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club reprise and A Day in the Life, which is John to a T and Paul. Yeah. John and Paul working together there. But uh, amazing. I could go on and on. Should we move on to the next one? This is good. This is one. So this also had a 50th anniversary release, um, which is three hours long. Uh, it's very interesting. There's a lot of like cuts of them just kind of like in their recording studio, just kind of like making fun of each other. It's 
it's good. Like, if you like the Beatles, you should listen to the super deluxe version of Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. It's very good. And it shows, like, this is where the John and Paul clash, like, really came to a head. Like, uh, I think it's on the track Getting Better, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a line that John sings where he says, Hiding the head in the sand, which is him making fun of the dumb lyrics that Paul wrote for that song. Um, he's trying to be cutesy just to like piss off Paul. Interesting. Um, and then they kept it on the album. That's funny. I. Uh, that's really interesting. Okay, we got to move All on. Right, we're I skipping think... the next one. Wait, why? No one cares. The White Album? No, Magical Mystery Tour. Oh, that's a uh, hold on. Beatles discography. Sgt. Pepper. Uh, I don't think that's considered a studio album. That's an EP. Because like a oh. lot of the songs from it are. I'm on the wiki. Like, Penny Lane is yeah. from a different album, I think. True. Actually, you know what? I don't know. I'll talk about Magical Mystery Tour. Once again, did you listen to it recently? This one I skipped. Dude, you should listen to it. It's really good. Like, Fool on the Hill is really good. Yeah. I Am the Walrus is like, John it's straight good. up it's raps good. on it. <laughs> uh, Hello Goodbye is good. Strawberry Fields Forever is good. Penny Lane is good. All You Need is Love is good. It's not They're bad. good. They're the They're good. All right. They're, the They're good. <laughs> They're the best. Okay. Next album. All right. White album. We'll skip it for now. Okay. Uh, Yellow Submarine. Uh, I think, th- is this also an EP? or This must songs? also be considered an EP. Dude, people are going to kill me. I don't think I've listened to this album all the way through, ever. I think I haven't listened to it since I was in elementary school. It's a good, like, I could see, like, once again, like, this is why they're the best band ever, because, like, they straight up have an album that's, like, all kid songs, and I bet that they're all good. I'll listen to it. I promise. Listeners. Right. Let's move on. And then next. next we have Abbey Road and Let It Be, which okay. I think were recorded in the opposite. Okay. So I think so, Abbey Road was their last recorded album, I believe, right? Uh, I actually don't know. Or do I have that backwards? I think you have that backwards. Okay. But uh, yeah, dude, Abbey Road, the other Beatles album that I have, I vacillate between this and Sgt. Pepper's being my favorite. I love Abbey Road, dude. Love Abbey Road. What's your thoughts? Um, I think it's good. It just uh, nah, it doesn't make it. I really? think my top. I think my top three are Rubber Soul, uh, but not in a specific order. Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Sergeant Pepper. Dude, okay. First off, I'm gonna go through the songs. Uh, Come Together is I think my favorite Rockin' Beatles song. The cool, so cool. Yeah. Something is adorable. <laughs> Something is adorable. Maxwell's Silver Hammer, also one of my favorite songs as a kid, because I thought it was so funny. Like, mm-hmm. Oh Darling is good. Mm-hmm. Octopus's Garden. I love that song. I, I think it's top two Ringo songs. That mm-hmm. song is really good. I Want You is kind of annoying. Here Comes the Sun. That's like the most listened to Beatles song on Spotify. Is it? Yeah. People love that Damn, song. Damn, that's surprising. Yeah, people love that song, dude. Um, yeah, number one is Here Comes the Sun. So because, whatever, whatever about that song. But then they have a medley, which is like each song transitions into the other. From You Never Give Me Your Money, which is, I think, so... Just like, something that I like about Beatles and good music in general is like when mm-hmm. you sing something that's so relatable. And like, I could hear a couple saying... You never give me your money 
so relatable and good it's really good it's really good and then that goes into uh sun king which is a little concept of dream me and mr mustard which is good poly earth and pam which is good she came in through the bathroom window is like a banger mm-hmm. uh, and then golden slumbers carry that weight the end it's just like i would say that's paul being paul like paul sings in golden slumbers this like raspy voice that i have never like i don't hear him sing that way in any other beat song. Hmm. i'll have to listen to it again it's, yeah, okay. then last is let it be which is other than i would say let it be was the last album that i thought was really great that i listened to so mm-hmm. i the last three beatles albums that i listened to fresh were most far away was let it be then i listened to Magical Mystery Tour, and I have not listened to Yellow Submarine, so that's going to be last, I guess. I thought Let It Be is really good. Not great. I think Let It Be as a song is probably one of their best songs. Yeah. But as a whole album, I don't think it's that great. So I will I will uh, just confirm. So Abbey Road uh, was the last Beatles album recorded. Wow, I didn't know that. Look at that. But they released it before Let It Be. Interesting. Yeah, man, I love Abbey Road. But anyway, uh, so the reason why we're here, uh, mm-hmm. already an hour into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be our last segment. The White yeah. Album was re-released. Uh, we both listened to it. Uh, I thought it was excellent, man. It's definitely in my top Four now. Yeah. So you my kinda... my dad, I think, like, I don't. I, maybe it's changed, but like when I was growing up, like he would never play this album because it was weird. It would. It's. I don't know if it's their. It's probably their most political. Um, the songs are like weirdly structured. Like some of them are just like noise for two minutes. Right. Um, maybe that's why I didn't like it as a long. Kid. It's two two discs. It's um, very long. Yeah. So, like, in that regard, growing up, like, we still use CDs. So, my dad wasn't going to play an album that was two CDs long, necessarily. Um, So, like, we just didn't listen to it that much. Um, And it was always, I don't know, like, in the back of my head, it was always something that, like, this was clearly their worst album. Like, everyone knows it, but no one admits it or whatever. What? I always always thought that people, I always thought high concept people thought it was the best mm, one. I could get that. Uh But, I don't know, re-listening to it... um, it's pretty good. Dude, it's really good. It's really, really, really good. Uh, when I was younger, I like, I always was like, oh, this has some great songs. Uh, I just remember being pissed off listening to it because I had listened to Revolution Number 1 for the first time. And I was like, uh-huh. holy shit, this song is amazing. Yeah. And I was like, and then there's a Revolution Number 9. <laughs> and it's, how, it's like a five minute long yep. song where they just say number nine over and over again. And I was mm-hmm. so mad. <laughs> I just, I remember, like, I don't know why I was in my parents' room, but I was listening to it and I was upset. But anyway. Yeah. Do you want to um, go through the track listing? Yeah. So, but, and to put yeah. this into Sorry. context, like, even more so than Let It Be or Abbey Road, I think this was probably the Beatles, like, at their most fractured. Um, like, Ringo quit at one point while they were recording the album. Which is why on back in the USSR and Dear Prudence, it's 
Paul playing the drums. And no, I didn't know that, man. It's so interesting. Um, like I, I don't know. Like I, people like the album Rumors, and I feel like this is the Beatles album Rumors. Uh, which is like you take all of that like animosity and like tension and you just like put four people in a studio and you're like you still have to make an album just do it and this comes out and it's weird and yeah it's good all right let's go through it okay go ahead um so it starts back in the ussr which is really funny uh it is a total nod to the Beach Boys, I thought it was. I always had a different like feeling about it because like I, my family, I'm from the USSR, so like whenever I heard, it, I was like, cool, <laughs> like I like this, like they're funny and like they're not shitting on the USSR, but yeah, very. It was very like uh, satirical towards the Beach Boys. Yeah, um, Dear Prudence, good song, um, which is nice. Really That's nice. Paul, right? Very Paul, yeah, very Paul. Yeah, I would guess that's uh, Paul. And then Glass Onion. Which is self-referential. Like, they talk about, like, we told you about the strawberry fields. Right. Um, Like, they are, like, making... So, the the idea with the White Album, for people that, like, know more about the Beatles than either of us will ever understand, like, Mm -hmm. the, the reason the album cover is white is part of it was that they wanted you to realize like we we are trying to start fresh like we are the new Beatles like stop looking at our old stuff this is a new band like we don't want to be held to like the boy bandish stuff and the like cutesy mop top boys like we we want to be taken seriously as a band and um so they put the album as just like this clean cover and then created this like really complex and clashing album to kind of contrast with that cover and so i think to go from like the song dear prudence to like glass onion right um and then also on glass onion to like reference one of your own songs and then make fun of it and be like stupid cutesy strawberry fields stuff whatever right Uh, i don't know it's it's all kind of when you get into like the nitty-gritty of it it's kind of interesting right Go ahead. Then it's Obla D Obla Da. Super Paul. Katie yeah. thinks it's a little too silly. I love this song. I think it's so good. It's so good. I have a lot of like distinct memories of getting drunk in Philadelphia and uh, dancing around and singing Beatles songs like this. Yeah. Like, that's a great song. Okay. We're Desmond gonna... and Molly, man. What? Desmond and Desmond Molly. Desmond and Molly. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> anyway, right. Wild Honey Pie. It's good. It's, it's good. weird. It's, it's very, very weird. weird. Continuing story of Bungalow Bills next. Straight up chilling song. Funny. It's so. It's. I feel like it's political though. Uh, I never saw it that way. I kind of more saw it as like more a satire on like the old British like hunting guy. But I don't know. Next is uh, while my guitar gently weeps, mm-hmm. which is a. <laughs> People make fun of this song because so many people say that it's a. <laughs> Beatles fans can be really snobby. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So amongst snobby Beatles fans, they scoff at people who say, uh, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" is their is their favorite song because a lot of people who want to think that they know the Beatles say that yeah. this is their favorite song. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, like yeah. this is the cool answer for your favorite song. 
so much so that like I stopped liking it for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing song. It's a good song. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And it's um George Harrison. Who does the guitar? George Harrison. He does? Yeah, he sings and does the guitar, I think. Okay. Do you want me to look it up? I'll look it up. I didn't know if it was someone else. Who did you think it who did you think it was? I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong. I know. Uh so the uh singer is definitely George. Okay. And uh what do we have here? We're both on the computer looking it up. Um I'm going to guess that he played it, but I don't know. And this is definitely the George Harrison song, for sure. So, am I am I wrong that it's Eric Clapton? Eric Clapton covered it. But he, he wasn't on the actual record? I don't know. Let me look this up. Oh, holy shit. Eric Clapton is the lead guitar on this song. I had no idea, Eric. That's why you were afraid to say So he is, right? Yeah, on the Wikipedia, it says George Harrison double-trap vocals, acoustic guitar, and then John Lennon plays the electric guitar with with tremolo. I don't know what that means. But Eric Clapton was the lead guitarist on the wedding version. Okay. That's incredible. I had no idea. That's why you were afraid to say it. Yeah. I didn't want to be wrong. I get it. That would have been really funny. But I got to stand up for my other Eric's. (laughs) Eric's shout out. That we have happiness is a warm gun. Mm. I don't really love this. It's so I don't know. It's so fucked up. Like when he's singing that, you I don't know. I just like picture this guy just like holding a gun in his hand, like singing this song, and it like gives me shivers. Interesting. Then we have Martha, my dear, which is another Paul song. Like Mm -hmm. so, so story. I'm so tired is next, Mm -hmm. which is like. Definitely for me feels like a stoner song. Yeah. Uh, then Blackbirds, which I love. I love this song. I love this song. It's a little simple. It's definitely simple, right? Yeah. Do you know it was about the civil rights movement? No. Yeah. I heard John Paul talk about that on Carpool Karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I love Blackbirds. Next song is Piggies. Silly kid song. Yeah. Now here's gonna be a controversial one. Rocky Raccoon. Oh, it's good. It's good. I love it's it. It's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Why do people hate it? Oh, I think it's so good. Only to find Gideon's Bible. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, then we have "Don't Pass Me By," which is the best Ringo song ever. Yeah. So it's good. Very good, dude. Such a strong memory. It's one of Carter's favorite songs. Our old roommate. Next time. We're drunk. You have to get drunk and <laughs> sing this song. It's so good. It's so soulful. Definitely the best Ringo song. Probably, I would say, top something of Beatles songs. Definitely not in like the upper, upper echelon, but like so underrated. So mm-hmm. good. Love that song. Um, and then Why Don't We Do It On The Road? Mm-hmm. Eh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I mean, you could just read the title of the song and get it. It's yep. fine. All right. Yep. I, don't uh, really I will. I love that song. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, Julia, which was mom's 
or, uh, sorry, which was John <laughs> Lennon's mom's name. Okay. Um, she died when so he was young, that, right? Yeah, when he was 17. She was hit by a police car, actually. Hit and killed by a police car that was going too fast. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, which we will get in... Let's finish, and then I'll talk more about that. There's still so many songs, guys. All right, birthday. It's funny. Classic. It's funny. funny, yeah. Definitely the second best birthday uh, song ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. 50 Cent is pretty good. Ah, oh, true. All right, your blues... Okay. Don't have anything to say about it. Yeah. Mother Nature's Son. Mother Nature's Son. Little too. See, I think this album has some definite weak points, at least for me personally. Mm-hmm. So, so like, it's a little too conceptual for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not what I go to the Beatles for sometimes. Yeah. Then everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Mm-hmm. Funny. Yeah. It's, Definitely it's a weird... Once that, like, chorus hits... Yeah. And you're just like listening to it. You're like, what did he just say? It's funny. Um, Sexy Sadie is good. Definitely good. Helter Skelter. This is a big one. It's so good. Dude, I just re-listened to it. It is so good. Oh. It is so loud. It's so aggressive. Yeah. And people are probably heard this. I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, people, I've heard this from a lot of people. That the Beatles literally heard the dude who were like considered the hardest rocking band of the time and they were like uh-huh. we have to make the hardest rocking yeah. song ever and this is what they came up with it's not the hardest rocking song ever no but it is really good and clearly influential and made uh what's that guy's name whatever oh, uh, oh he shit. just died you look it up yeah I'll look it up um what do you have to say about Helter Skelter a must listen for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It is Charles Manson. It is yeah, Charles Manson. It is yeah. the Beatles like trying. I don't know. It's See the funny. Thing? Like you are literally the best band in the world, and then you make a track literally to like one up another band. It literally and, it would like, be like do what they are doing. It'd be like if when Lil Wayne went like punk or rock or whatever, he was yeah. actually good. Like. <laughs> It would be like if Kanye made like a pop song and it was like the best pop song. Whatever. Helter Skelter. Next. Alright. Um, long, 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 long. I have nothing to say about it. I have it. nothing to say either. Revolution number Revolution one. Revolution one. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing really song. Good. Really, really um, good. If you haven't heard it by now, there's something wrong with you. Honey Pie. It's funny. I like yeah. Honey Pie. I think it's cute. Yeah. I so I'll be honest with you. I listened to this album enough that I didn't actually listen to side one. Uh-huh. I only listened to side two. Interesting, because, uh, because I'd listened to side one so many times. I mean, yeah. I, I went through the 2018 mix and I listened to like some of the my favorites from side one. I just heard them all so mm-hmm. many times. Side two, I re-listened, and I don't remember the last time I listened to the next couple songs like Honey Pie I thought it was a lot better than I remember it yeah. and then Savoy Truffle was a lot better than I remember yeah. it I thought that was a really good song yeah I thought it was really nice yep um, Cry Baby Cry is really good too which I also like before re-listening like could not have put a chorus to that song yeah and then yeah 
Revolution 9. Pisses me off. Eight so minutes. Annoying. Eight minutes. So <laughs> annoying. Um, yeah, it's really, I just, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever asked, like, why'd you put that on there? Like, I mean, it's, it's just super weird and it's, it's like so avant garde. Yeah, it's so long. The um, Beatles sometimes have a tendency, like, hey, Jude is too long. Yeah. <laughs> but they have a tendency to go a little long sometimes. But anyway, then the last song is uh, Good Night. Good Night. Which is good. Which is, was historically made fun of um, because the history of this is that John wrote the song and oh. then made Ringo sing it. And the like rumor when it came out was that John was making fun of Ringo for being like a bad songwriter, a bad singer. And it was him just like being like a total asshole. And through people that knew John Lennon um, and other band members, but not directly from anyone, it's kind of come out that actually it was just John felt way too vulnerable to actually sing this song and that he wrote it in total earnestness, um, but just couldn't actually sing it himself because it had too much emotion behind it for him to actually sing it. Wow. Interesting. Um, so he like he played the original guitar that was for the track, but then had them take it out because he thought it sounded too emotional with his guitar on it. Interesting. Um, so when this album came out, like John was starting to date Yoko Ono at the time. She was super political, um, and so he becomes very like reflective of his past. And uh, for those who don't, he had kind of like a rough upbringing as much as you can when you become famous at the age of like 16 but like his mom julia which is the track julia is about was like a working class mom but like totally absent from his life and his aunt kind of ended up becoming his mom um his dad like wasn't around when he was a kid um so he was kind of raised by his aunt for most of his life um so he kind of had this like missing mother figure um throughout and then his mom ends up being killed um in a car accident when he's 17 so kind of like in the middle of like or at the beginning sort of of like beatles mania for him Mm -hmm. um and he like never addresses it in songs he never talks about it in interviews um until this kind of album where you get like songs like goodnight and julia where he starts to kind of like address those things with some credit of that all to kind of yoko ono to kind of pull some of that like emotion um, and self-reflection out of him um, so I thought that song was really good and then uh, on this super cut or super deluxe version there's a track like later on that is all four Beatles singing it um, the track name's kind of weird but in the parentheses it's the one that like mentions guitar part or whatever mm-hmm. did you listen to it? I forgot to listen to that part fuck okay <laughs> no that's cool um, so listen to it though because it's like I, I don't know the song's like do you like the song like on the regular album? So I hadn't listened to it in forever, and then I listened to Anthony Fantano, and he said that it was, like, beautiful. So I went in mm-hmm. expecting too much, I think. Okay. So I need to really listen to it with, like, fresh eyes, fresh ears. Yeah. Do you really like um, it? So, I mean, I always liked the original song, um, but that one where all four of them sing it is, I, need to really I don't know, it's it. really, really nice. Yeah. I need to really um, listen to it. What's it called, and I think for just... the listeners and for me? Um, so it's called... Good. So it's called Good Night, and then it's the one that says Take 10 with a guitar part. 
But yeah, so let's do. We're we're, we're running low on time. This will be our last segment. Let's do like uh-huh. closing thoughts or like grades or final opinions. So where was White Album bef- before for you? Maybe like, I was it bottom five. Bottom five. Well, no, no, bottom okay. of my top five. I recognized that it was really oh, good, okay. but I thought it was bottom of my top five. Okay. Would it ever be one that you would like throw on if you were going to listen to Beatles? No, probably not. Okay. Is and it now? now? Uh, probably not. Still, it's too long. Okay. But okay. I have an appreciation for so many more songs now. Yeah. It's just not super listenable, you know. Yeah. Do you agree? I mean, it, it is like I feel like it's one of those things like you're just kind of hanging out. You're right. not really like there to listen. You should to the smoke album, pot. You want it. I mean, that's you what you're it trying to in say. the background. Yeah. Um, as you're doing other stuff, right? But I totally get why people like it now. I had a different appreciation for it now more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. It is very good, and the 2000. If you're a person that likes the Beatles, just in general, this this mix. I haven't listened to the Sgt. Pepper's one yet because I kind of didn't realize how interesting it could be. But like, for someone who's listened to the Beatles so often, to hear them like messing around and like being funny and just like talking shit mm-hmm. to each other is awesome. And you hear that on some of the takes, like on the extra songs, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you listened to the anthology series? No. Um, so they're they're like mostly just like random snippets of like uh, recording booth, just like segments. Interesting. Um, with like songs intermixed and like live cuts intermixed, mm-hmm. so it's like none of them are final release tracks at all. Um, it's just like listening to the Beatles talk and there's interviews in them and then there's random like live recordings of them. Um, but I, I like sometimes throw them on in the background as if it's just like a podcast. Um, cause they're, they're kind of funny and you get to hear like some of the interesting like characters behind some right. of these people. Totally. Um, which, all right, we're nerding out about like a band that came at like, they at, were around in the late 60s like they haven't been around forever um well i, I mean know. it's like but the they're same still way that, good like st- they hold up for sure for sure they hold up yeah for sure man they're like, still good they i don't know i think rubber soul is kind of held up as like if you are a pop artist and you can release a rubber soul album like you will go down like that album will go down in history as like a classic album that someone should listen to like it is held up as one of the best like front to back like all of these songs are good they're sung well they're clean well made um and sergeant pepper is held up as like the first like concept album and weird and the white album is like this total like f you to like the mainstream many of these albums are like historic for what they did right for not just rock music or classic rock, like, but for what they did for other people down the line. Right, for um, music as a whole. Yeah. True, man. I totally agree. We'll talk about the Beatles more. I mean, we kind of fit a lot into that short time, but like... Or I long. Don't... It's an hour and a half. Damn. All right. Well, maybe we'll... <sighs> it's been let's, fun, though. Let's save I had some... fun. Let's... I had a lot of fun. Let's save some meat on that bone. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I haven't eaten yet. I'm hungry meat on that i've eaten these chips nice eric this is a great one i'm proud of you i will donate five dollars because i didn't listen to that song so no uh, 
No. Whatever. That's dumb. Fine. Whatever. It's fine. You gave me an assignment. Um, you listen to White Album. You listen to all these Beatles albums. You listen to Abbey Road again. Yeah. Did you listen to Magical Mystery Tour, too? Not recently. I okay. think the last time I listened to it all the way through was over the summer. All right. No, so just actually pretty recently. Uh, That's surprising. But yeah, man. We like the Beatles. We'll talk about them for a while. We clearly... You know a lot about them, and you're giving me a lot of interesting information. Uh, so um, next week's next homework... homework? Uh, yeah, so we're going to be off for a little bit because it's Thanksgiving and such. But the homework is to make a pie for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. riskiest homework ever. Yeah. You've made a pie. I've never made a pie. Yeah, but you're actually good and gentle and have regular hands. So we'll see how this all works <laughs> out. <laughs> but yeah, so we got to make a pie for Thanksgiving. And we'll but Katie's just... not in the kitchen, so you could really mess it up. I could really mess it up. That's a good point. I could really be messy. All right. I'm running Can we out of give steam. the listeners homework this week? Uh, sure. Listen to the White Album. Yeah, listen to the White Album. Also, you should tell one friend about this podcast. Oh, that's freaking that awesome. That would be... Agreed. That would be our Thanksgiving present. Thank you. You get presents for Thanksgiving. Right? I I should get presents for Thanksgiving. Please tell someone about the podcast. We like Just one person. Be like, I love that podcast. What's the homework? You or I hate that podcast. Yes, you could hate it too. That's good too. Feel like I hate that episode about the Beatles. But I don't er- know what they're talking about. But Eric and I really like doing this podcast, and the more listeners there are, the more incentive we have to continue doing it when our friendship has faded and we run out of things to talk about. Yeah, so we talk about every time we talk, it's like save it for the pot, and then we just don't talk anymore. We don't. So, so please tell people to listen. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen to Eric and I. So on that note, uh, I'm going to say a sorrowful goodbye. I don't exist outside of this podcast. Uh, Eric, you want to say goodbye? I think that's it. Should I put goodnight on the tail end of this or put our regular music? You should put our regular music because if you start putting Beatles songs down, we are definitely going to get sued. Oh, Michael Jackson will come out for us. But so uh, this is a little treat for the listeners. Start listening to goodnight in three, two, one. Good night. Good night. Good night. I don't see me mad at situations. I see me turning.